hey guys, anybody. this is a... <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. What? I couldn't resist. Can you see a blooper reel? That was the yeah, end of movie Nick blooper has reel. a lot of blooper reels. Okay, yeah. I, I'll be quiet this time. Hey guys, this is a Roundtable episode 85. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church. And this is Mike Hill. He is our pastor. And sitting next to me is, I'm going to mess up your last name. <laughs> I don't know. Salazar, right? Yeah, Nate Salazar. Okay. Salazar, but put a Z. See? <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Nate Salazar. Yes. You know what's funny is I'm looking at you right now with the green in the back of your hair. I thought, Jenny's got a red shirt on with green hair. I look Christmas. Very oh, Christmas. is that what it looks like? It yeah, is. like if you're looking hair. that way, it looks like you have green hair. Okay, cool. Yeah, that is that's awesome. Right. <laughs> can you catch it in the, oh, you can see it a little bit. Can you see it? Yeah. It is yeah, very that's green. what I'm saying. So you're looking at you like Christmas Jenny. Dude, Christmas is just like, it's never ending. Yeah. You just be like, hey guys, we recorded this right before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Is your Christmas over? Like, are you done with all of your Yeah, I just had my last Christmas on Sunday, actually. What'd you get your dog? What? What'd I get my dog? Yes. What didn't I get my dogs? You got your dog Christmas presents? Oh, yeah. I did. Did you oh, not? Yes. No, I don't get I my dog Christmas Ow. presents. Yeah, they open up the presents. Like, it's huh? a whole thing. The flashlight so turned on in my pocket. It's burning you. my leg. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, are you pulling out your Christmas present? <laughs> nope. Whoa. <laughs> I keep a flashlight. I pick up so early at your place and it's dark, so I, like, have to drive in there. And I'm like, I can't see anything, so I bought this pocket flashlight. Wait a minute. I use it when I fish, too. You're driving with that? Well, no, it's on your keys. It's, like, for your hat. You no, you do, hat. you do have to actually drive like that when you drive some of Vic's stuff. That has when you like, drive any of Vic's Yeah, anything stuff. that Vic owns usually doesn't work really well. Okay, so, so not like a regular car? No. Oh, well, they're trucks that things car. are just like falling apart on. Okay. Yes. That tends to be his MO. Gotcha. Buy something that's like half together and then just say, ah, you can fix it as you're going. <laughs> Mike and I text like, hey, here's our plan. And then I'm like, hey, by the way, four trucks broke down. So I'm currently walking to your house pulling a trailer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just knew anytime you... Drive Vic stuff, it's always going to be broke. Yeah. But anyway, what you so, got your dog something. Yes, I bought my dog all of the things. So he's a wolf hybrid. He's 200 pounds. So I went and bought cow femurs that still have, like the meat on them and then just put it all in there. And I did a video of it, but like I dumped it out and he freaked out. Like he didn't know what to grab. So he's just staring <laughs> at 95 things. And he finally picks up the biggest one and walks outside and buries so it. So you got like a bunch of cow femurs? Like $150 worth. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Where do you buy I those know. at? Um, I don't remember where we were at. We were out. It was actually it out shopping. my compost bin. I was bin. about to say, like, why did <laughs> you go back there? Isaac said, I don't think these cows are going to make it. I was like, great, I got a hatchet. Let's, yeah, I, got, I just chopped their legs my off. My dog needs a Christmas present. Yeah. But I did that when I worked at Kroger. Oh, man, I'm incriminating myself with that. The Kroger. Yeah, so Kroger, then they butchered it. I, I made the mistake when I was just getting into Bible college of doing, like, a part-time job at Kroger. And they said, well, where do you want to work? And the answer should have been, somewhere not in a freezer but they I said oh I don't care put me wherever and they were like they were like great you get to go to the meat department no one ever wants to work there and so I was like oh okay it's manly right I get to hold a knife That's, no you yeah. don't do that you just like help you know rich women who are coming to pick up their high end <laughs> yeah. steaks and stuff like that well in the back you got a bunch of guys cutting up yeah. cows but they're like hey you have to throw all this away you can't take it home you I'm weren't like, the guy oh, you cutting up it. the cows no oh. that guy got paid like six figures a year wow I was making nine twenty five. wow yeah. it was terrible oh my but gosh. anyways they were like you can't take these home I'm like I have a wolf he'll eat the whole trash can and I have to throw it away anyways like I'm sorry like it's illegal to do Kroger will consider it stealing which Kroger did you work at? Just in case anybody's listening from the Carmel I area. Fishers. <laughs> it was Fishers. So yeah. Yeah. It was from So you Fisher took Ford. a few cow femurs. I took a few. Wait, they actually bring the whole cow to Kroger? 
No. It's a half. Yeah. A half of a cow. So what comes in a half of a cow? What do you mean? Depends like, on. Is its head there? <laughs> I mean, like, no, for real. But... No, so, yes. the, so yep. when you butcher a, when you butcher an animal, okay. the head comes off. Oh. Uh, every animal. And you, okay. Yeah, yeah. You chop their head off, skin them all out, gut them, and then you cut them in half, and then you can quarter them yeah. to make them easier to handle. But a lot of meat markets have halves. Yeah. So it's like you get you cut off your roast and your different cuts of steak and all things that I still don't understand. I. Yeah, because like different parts is different parts of the meat. Sitting like in a brick hamburger, house, I was like, like mixing steaks at Brick House because I'm like ribeye, sirloin, they're the same thing. So I'm just throwing it all. People are like, do you have any ribeyes? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so do well, you know now though? I know the names. There I you know. Go. I can't tell you like where chakras comes from. Yeah, I'm, not that you need to anyway. No, Not until you start living off the land and butchering your own meat. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like we do. <laughs> I haven't I haven't bought meat since I got there. Yeah. Just from Brick House. Yeah. There you go. Living off the land. That's what Jenny yeah. was gonna do. And yeah. I off started the grid. Off the grid. Off the yes. grid. The one with the broken leg that you guys have. Mm-hmm. So all the ones at my farm are the ones that we raised for butchering, the mm-hmm. fat house. And so I went down there one day because I'm like, they're gonna be here for the next couple of years. I want them to like me. So I bought carrots and tried to take them down there. <laughs> and I'm like, I walked right up to a bull, our champion you bull that does carrots. all the breeding. And I'm like, I just stuck it right in his face. He ate it right out of my hand. The a, real big one. A carrot. Yeah. Because you, you wanted them it? to like you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, like I'm going like, like, to freak Vic out. Like, he's going to come down to move these cows. I'm going to be like, Jeremy, Steven, come with me. And just have two cows just come walking out. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that their name? fact, that's not how they work. No, his name's Diesel. And the other one is, he's a jerk. So, mm. yeah, he will chase you. Oh, he didn't Stop go for you. the old carrot idea. <laughs> he did. He did. He just, he, you know, Charles, huh? he chased Charles into an electric fence. Oh so. my gosh. Which is actually hilarious. Oh, for to real. see Charles run and then to see him run into an electric <laughs> yeah, fence. Yeah. Cause he's short. Be, like he's just, oh. yeah. Yeah. He's like a leprechaun. Okay. That short? <laughs> like a leprechaun, yes. That short? Oh, wow. he's pretty short. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to a... see that run. That'd be funny. <laughs> so anyway, so Nate, tell us a little bit about what's happening in your life now. What are you loving to do? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you into? And it can't just be about your wolf. I hear enough dog stories <sighs> from Jenny. That's fair. I don't know that there's ever too many dog stories. There's never too many I'm dog stories. Um, just I just moved up here, um, as you know, obviously, mm-hmm. to work with Vic. Um, and so took over Brickhouse Farms in Bluffton, which is now at Cafe of Hope here. Yeah. Um, loving that. Um, praying God to open up some doors so I don't have to move back. But um, so I'm loving that. It's a good time. Although I say this, moving here from Fishers and like, so I came from Itown Church, big mm-hmm. mega church down mm-hmm. in Indy to a church of 150 people now. Social life difference. To- everybody's Absolutely. up at five o'clock here and in bed by nine. Like <laughs> my whole life. Wait it's a second. That's not how it works in other places. No. So down in Fishers, it's like, like we had the end of our small group on like Friday night. So we started a young adult small group and it's supposed to be like 10 people, right? Mm-hmm. We had 140 people signed up. That's insane. It became a ministry. That's Actually, insane. the church is still running that ministry now. Um, but it was like, we would get done at like 11 o'clock at night. And like, that was just common. Like, and then everybody started work. So I came up here, Vic was like, all right, we're going to be up in at the farm at 530 in the morning. And I was like, like <laughs> special circumstance. And he's like, is that not when you start work? I'm like, dude, I haven't started before nine o'clock in the last 15 years. Wow. So my schedule, like I was bed at midnight, up at eight, work at nine for the last, I don't know, day, even at church, like even for the churches that I've worked for. And so now, as you know, I'm like, 
I'm anywhere at your house from 530 to nine in the morning and it's never, and it's never consistent. So it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a little wild. So the culture shift was a big difference. I'm still in culture shock. It's been, I moved here middle of September and I'm still like, you know, went from churches and fishers or skinny jeans and lattes (laughs) and church up here is firearms, cowboy boots and cows. It's like, really? that much? I mean, it. 100% 100% I never noticed it. Our first small group that I got invited to, I walk in and none of the dudes recognize me because uh-huh. like I came up here from Fisher's, so like started skinny jeans, right. like the, the style, whatever. And I walk into the small group and all of the guys are like, who just came in? Because I got a hat on and cowboy boots, bootcut jeans, whatever. And I've got mud on my jacket. Oh, we had lost a cow and I had just caught it. So I roll in and they're like, there's a gun on the table. <laughs> oh my god! Like, gosh. first off, there's a gun on the table. And they're like, hey, who's that? It's like, oh, it's Nate. Like, and so like I walk in and they're like, we didn't even recognize you. And so I was like, dude, what small group has a gun on the table? Like, I'm into this. So oh, wow. <laughs> was like, they were like, everybody's showing off like, oh, hey, here's my gun. And I'm like, I could do this for the rest of my life. Like, you mean you is- like the culture shift better? Oh, 100%. Really? So you would rather live in the I'm cowboy boots Mike really? than this. Really? Yes. I like the big city. Cowboy boots, firearms, cows. (laughs) Yeah, tell him exactly. Big trucks. I love your trucks. (laughs) I already told him his uh, his Ram. I'm gonna I want to buy his Ram when he's done with it. It's my dream truck. A Ram. Yes. A big truck. He's got big truck. Big truck. Big Big tires. Not a Chevy Colorado. Like you need like a man's truck. My dad's got one on the Eastern Frontier. No, I know. Oh, Chevy no, he wants your Ram. I want the truck. Ram. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have something big. Okay. Yeah. Right. They kind of makes you who you are. Right. What you drive. What you drive. Yeah. yeah. You think like so? if you drive a Prius. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like if somebody sees you driving a Prius, what do you think they think? I don't think anything. Huh? I don't think not anything. you, a man. A man. What if a man's driving a Prius? Like what if? If a man's driving a Prius, he's driving a Prius. <laughs> no, I'm saying so. If you were like looking at a guy. Mm-hmm. Would you think that he's manly if he drives a Prius? I don't think I would judge. Ooh, maybe off, of, yeah, off of a car. I would. You would not judge I mean, somebody off of depends. what they drive. It depends. On if somebody's driving a Ferrari, you're gonna think like other oh, rich. Okay, you got me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I guess it's it just depends. I don't know. I guess maybe I just really don't know cars. I a man called Auto. It just came out. Uh, this Friday, went with one of my friends to see it. Great movie, great storyline, um, good Christian morals throughout. But he is trying to teach this girl who doesn't speak any English how to drive a manual. And she pulls up like right behind a priest and almost hits it. She's like, I almost hit that guy's car. And he's like, it's all right. It's a Prius. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is like an ongoing what do you joke. drive? Prius. Ford Focus. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, Nick's kind of the combination because Nick is the um, the meshing between Fishers and Huntington. So <laughs> Nick, that's true. It really that's is. Because here's the deal. Super true. So yeah. Nick wears skinny jeans. That's with fair. No mm-hmm. shoes on. Yep. So like he goes on stage. So he goes up there and he has skinny jeans on, kind of preppy. But then he has no shoes on and he has a beard and he drives a Ford Focus. If he had like dark rim glasses, hipster. Ooh. 100% hipster. hipster. Oh, 100%. Glasses. I don't know. But Skinny not- jeans, bald beard. And he's good looking. I mean, you got. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's oh, no camera on See, Nick, don't you think you're a good combination between all of those things? Like you look the beard, like, but then you can also. You know, Fits get in the everywhere. skinny jean prep look. 
I think I can fit in anywhere. Yeah. Yep. Dude, if somebody saw me in skinny jeans, they would die. <laughs> die. I would love I would to pay see for that. that. Oh, yes. I would pay Shoot. for that. I would Priest. too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is this. These are like called slim straight jeans. Uh-huh. They're the skinniest I have. And I threw away all the skinny jeans from Fisher. You have socks You really on? did? I do. They're what do you mean? Why wouldn't you have socks on? Short. It's the thing now. I don't know. The teenagers did it. Wait. My let me, wait, let me see those things. Me. Like, let me uh, see those socks. Those what's wrong like, with the socks? They look like girls. <laughs> they do look like girls. <laughs> wait a second. Did somebody get a shot of those things? <laughs> what? <laughs> those look like something a girl would wear. They would be something a girl. Everybody wears these now. No, that's what I'm saying. Dress see, this, shoes. This is my point. Shoes. This tells you how out of touch I am with everything. <laughs> this is, you're married. You huh? don't have to be in touch. No, I was out of touch. When I was Before single, that. I was out of touch. When I was married, I was out of touch. I've always been out of touch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Why I is mean, that? Huh? Why is that? I don't know. I kind of just like what I like, and I have no idea what anybody else is doing. That's what I'm not saying. Everybody else is doing. He's happier than people who follow the trends, have all the things. Exactly. And yeah. Like when I went to iTown, I was not stylish, and all of the people are like, oh, you've got to look the part. And so I started buying stuff like I hate what I'm wearing now. I'm uncomfortable. But like, this was something that I wore at church all the time. Oh, so this was like, this, this is, is the, the iTown thing. Yeah. I didn't know what the vibe was podcast. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I love it. I have never even <laughs> heard of that before. I know. Like you have to dress a certain way. Yeah. So there, when, and it wasn't like a hard stipulation, but the pastor always said like, like you walked in, you're like, who, uh-uh. like be who you're ministering to. And so for me, uh-huh. I had the young adult small group and they're all fashion forward. Man, I could wear a jeans, hoodie, and, t- and tennis shoes every day. Never care. Okay. Um, that would be me. I feel Thank like that's you. what the generation now or wears. Or joggers. Joggers are the thing, too. Like, they're comfortable. But, like— For a I man? Sh- huh? For yeah. a man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joggers, like, baggy. Like, they're not— Like sweatpants. Yes. Yes. It's the new—do you remember Swish Swish Pants in the early 2000s? It's a new version of Swish Swish Pants. Comfortable, somewhat stylish. They are really comfortable. Modern. But anyway, okay. they're, like, 50 bucks. Anyway, so— I was, I texted one of the female youth leaders and I'm like, Hey, I don't have any sense of style. And so she started <laughs> texting me things like, Hey, wear this, wear this, wear this. So this was actually one of the outfits that she was like, she picked out for you. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. She's now job. married to one of my best friends. So <laughs> I take she a did a good job because you like that. Yeah. I like that outfit. I don't. Oh, I wore this, uh, Norman's mom. What's Norman's mom's name? Norman's mom. Who's oh, Norman? Corinne. 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 <laughs> yes. Norman is a dog. Yes. Norman doesn't have a mom. That is his no. mom. Corinne, yes. I hope you're not Norman's watching this. dog is dead. No. I, I met Norman Who before. Who is Norman's mom? I met I Norman Another before doodle of some sort. <laughs> yes. Anyways, Corinne. Corinne sees me, didn't recognize her at the first, and she goes, oh, Nate, you're very Fishers today. And I was like... I was like, Today, that's she where said I came that? from. No, this is a couple weeks ago. I came to see Nick and uh, Tammy Ray. Shout out Orange Team. Yeah. Woo! Orange Team, he's an honorary Orange Team. <laughs> you're, very, you're very Fishers today. Yeah, that was her words. You're very Fisher today. And I was like, wow. that's cool. Where's your dog? So it was. <laughs> wow. Where's your dog? So you yeah. like that. Yes. Like if you were picking somebody to wear clothes, you wouldn't be cowboy boots, no. vests. But no. I like the, I mean, we don't have a shot of it, but like the American flag, like all of my hoodies, like the shirt underneath right now has it. like a gun on it. And like it has a gun. It says, oh, it's a We the People. So I'm wearing a We the People shirt too. Um, the holster I'm carrying is a We the People. Like I love We the People stuff. Great. We the People. I don't even know what yeah. We the People is. It's a we brand. The American people? brand. Well, I mean, I know that's a thing it's in the, the government. What is it? It's something in the government. What is it in the government? Well, he said a constitution. <laughs> Dang it. I get it on <laughs> You did. 1776 brought to you by. Wow. The round table. There you go. We the people. We the people. Yeah. yeah. Great brand. Shout out. Love them. Yeah. Either way. So yes. that this is, I, I think it's interesting that somebody could be like, 
Hey, I do too. like at a church would say like dress a certain way. Like I've never thought. I'm about not that. saying it's the right thing to do. I didn't say it either. I just thought it was yeah. interesting that it would be like, you really need to dress like the people you like people look at that. Which is, yeah. Which I is funny that. because th- they really? say it makes you mm-hmm. more relevant. Like, and I mean, it goes to the same, like, oh man, this is a sticky subject, but like we were talking about what my likes are. Uh-huh. So I was Baptist before going to non-denominational. Uh, my family, my dad's still a Baptist pastor. I went to Baptist Bible college twice. Didn't get enough of the first sentence, went for a second one. Um, <laughs> it's like jail, check in, check out, can't do anything. This high five me Woo! was against the law. Like I'd have gotten written up at school for touching Jenny high five a girl. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. do it. You're allowed to manually shake their hand at church. Like a one manually. second break. Yeah. Like you can't like, what's the automatic. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. No, that's I hilarious. I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the opposite of I was of thinking, like, shaking. you can't high-five or hug. Okay, like, you it. have to, you have to be, got like, it. old school, like. Got it. Yeah, anyways. So, um, the point of that being, a lot of denominational churches stick to tradition and call it doctrine, even though it's not. And so, one of the things I'm going to desire to, praying toward God helping me do, is getting on, I've, since I left, I posted on Facebook, just like a verse that wasn't the KJV, it was the NLT. And somebody from my college like messaged me and said, hey, that's not King James Version. Do not use that anymore. And I was like, great. Now somebody's going to be mad. And I said, listen, I love few versions. I read KJV, NLT, ESV, whatever. And I was like, but I go to a different church now. And he, he was like, how did you get out? Like, how did you break away from your how Baptist culture? How did you culture? get out? Yeah, seriously. Is it like that? <laughs> so in a lot of denominational churches, it really is. And so one of the things that I felt led to right, right after that, I said, I was like, dude, like, number one, thanks for asking. And I was like, I feel bad that he said, like, how did you get out? Like, that's scary. But I felt yeah. the same way. Like, how do you not disappoint your parents and your teachers and people invested in your life when you leave mm. Baptist and go? So I went from Baptist to I-Town. And that's a culture shock completely like non-denominational drums and uh, wear different clothes yeah musicians on stage not piano and organ so I went from piano and organ to that and then you're wearing jeans and a hoodie to church instead of a three-piece suit and a tie and so my college was a suit and tie every day and so it was um so now my heart after that I started I never posted anything controversial and I still won't because I hate when Christians fight we're all on the same team we need to be unified and so that was something God put in me and so I started talking to people who were like hey, I want to leave our Methodist church, but I'm afraid of what my parents will think, but I'm not being fed there. Mm. And so that was one of the things I would say is like, are you still being fed? Are you still being led? Or, so you're like a rescuer. Oh, well, that's it's just, cool. Yeah, some like people I'm don't... going into the red light district, getting women yes. out, or I'm going into yes. the denominations, getting people yep. out. <laughs> well, and we did. We, we have an amazing couple at our church and um, they left their church and their dad's the pastor and they felt shunned by everybody when they left. And they found out that I had left and they were like, your dad's a Baptist pastor. Like, did your parents shun you? I'm like, no, my parents are amazing. Thank God. But yeah, I was shunned by our college says, if you leave the Baptist domination to mail your degree back, that's what they said. Oh my God. So for me, it was like, it was huge. Like there were a lot of tears. There was a lot of hours invested friends. I got unfriended by like 150 people on Facebook. Like it was just, it was awful, but that's Christians not being Christians to each Mm -hmm. other. So for me, God just put in my heart, like, Hey, like there's a sect of Christianity that's missing this unification of like, we do need Baptist churches because some people are only going to find Jesus in a suit and tie. And then there's churches that need a cowboy pastor. Who's going to wear boot cut jeans and boots. He was my first message. I watched him preach. I've listened to several of your messages, but one of them I was just watching because I was, uh, I was driving. I just put it up on my dash. You're wearing a Bears jersey. I think it was. And I was like, dude, Mike might be my favorite pastor. Like that's, I'm just trying to decide. Has this ever, Nick, for as long as you've been here, like do 
do other people talk about like we should wear certain things? Like, does the worship team talk about that? I'm just curious because maybe I'm out of the loop. I don't uh, think the worship team does. Nichelle had that conversation. Oh, yeah. Seriously? Like, you got to yeah. look a certain way? Well, just try and be relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To, really? Not, to like a, yeah. I mean, it wasn't ever like, oh, you're not relevant enough or anything yeah. like that. But whenever we had meetings, we would talk about dress and style, try and look a little modern. Don't wear pajama pants on stage. No pajama <laughs> pants. No. Yeah. I feel like that's a good wow. thing. Even though pajama pants are what in, what's in style. Yes. I don't think I got that. I mem- I get- that's not in style. Yes, oh, it is. The Gen Z's. Sweatpants, Oh my gosh, that's pants. all they wear. If I this don't... is on somewhere where you can comment, let us know if you yes. should wear pajama. No. If you, wear, if you <laughs> can no, wear pajama pants in public, comment down that's below. That's all they wear. That's whatever all they wear. On. They look like they just woke up every single one. I of noticed them. that. My first day in Huntington, I was actually coming here to, <laughs> I met you. My first, do you remember the day we met? That was my first day was up here. I, had just, I hadn't even moved up here yet, and I came to meet you. We sat right out here in Cafe of Hope. Okay. I had a life-changing grilled cheese. Get it? Um, and I'm driving home, driving home, and I saw four people in the span four. of five minutes walking around Huntington in pajama pants. <laughs> well, that's normal. Like, what yes. you, that's not normal. It I mean, normal. it's normal around here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And around here, pajama pants oh. is, a, is a thing. Pajama pants are Pajama pants aren't style. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I some never, people think yeah. they are. Good. Some people think they are. No, the Gen Zs, all they wear are like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Baggy I guess shirts. I never got the memo that we were supposed to be relevant. I just like whatever's clean and. <laughs> That's what you put on. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't wrinkling. Do you do the sniff test? Huh? The <laughs> sniff, sniff test? Um, Did Sarah no, make you? probably not. No? No. I do all my own laundry now. Really? Yeah. Wow. I did it some before anyway, but yeah, Sarah's, uh, <laughs> she, she hears me say this, she's going to die. <laughs> like, what? The funny thing is, is I actually do like my clothes though. It's not like I don't care. Like mm-hmm. I like some of my Huck fishing shirts and. Oh, so you want to wash a certain way. I just don't want them to come out with <laughs> stains and looking weird and. Yeah, I'm like, she washed the one thing and I was like, what what happened? Like, <laughs> what happened to the shirt? And so anyway, so, so we got a washer and dryer at their Abana house and I just do all my own laundry. Uh-huh. So Never again. Keep it all She's together. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I feel for her because in our house, everybody had to do their own laundry. Really? So not one kid got a choice. That's like, how we did too. Really? You will do your own laundry. I'm just big. When on, did you start? We started at eight years old. Yeah, Mike, I would say yeah, probably nine, really? ten years yeah. old. You didn't have a choice. Like mm. you either were gonna wear crappy clothes to school that were all wrinkly, or you're gonna do your own laundry. I think that's good. You know, and I because again, I've always been the type of like you need to teach your kids how to do it, even if they never do it. Yeah. Right. So mm. my theory was I always want my kids to be to know physical labor. So regard every one of them. So my girls and my boys mm-hmm. had to all learn physical labor because regardless whether you ever do it in your life or not, I think you need to know how to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so same concept, like, I think you should know how to do laundry and I think you should probably know how to make some food and, you know, I think so. the first day or the first time I ever did my own laundry was, it was like, like a year 18, ago? 20, no, <laughs> like 18, 20, like something fact, like I that. Still haven't done my like laundry. 18 yeah, or 20. Like when I moved out for the first time. Yeah. Like 18, 20. My your parents always did, your did laundry it. all of yep, that They time. would come oh to the gosh. basement and get my stuff, fold it, put it in the laundry basket and set it back downstairs. She would fold your laundry. Yes. 
I have an amazing, wow. I have an amazing laundry story. We did, or Bible college, and uh, three guys to a room. We this had is a, this bi- the cult Bible college, yeah, or the, the non-denomination one. Yeah, <laughs> love my time there, but yeah, it's a little cultish. You're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we had my roommate that was in there. I met him as a senior in high school. We were at a youth activity, and they there's like five thousand kids there. They brought him up on stage to win like this big prize. He had to eat a booger. So he ate his booger on what? camp. Like in this front is of, about your laundry. It's, it's I know. getting there. It's getting, there. It gets, oh it's getting right there. Anyways, he did it. Then he ate another kid's one. And Ew. so I know who this kid is. Like I went up to meet him afterwards. So I'm like, I need to figure this out. This is who this something kid is. you did at your Bible college. No, this is right before. We're seniors about to graduate. So fast forward, it's now August. <laughs> These are the people that go to this Bible college. Right, right, right. There's two, two of us sitting in a room, and I'm like, oh good, my roommate's normal. Like he's also a Denver Broncos fan, and like we're enjoying it. And I'm like, hey, who's our third roommate? And I was like, I don't know. I just hope he the doesn't. Bird- Smell. It's a booger guy. <laughs> he walks in and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's him. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness. And so he had, God bless him, had never been away from his family. Didn't know how to do laundry, didn't know how to make food, had never had a job. And so we're a month in, he starts working at McDonald's. He weighed probably 350, 400 pounds. And so oh, wow. heavier you are, the more you just got to be clean. He's working at McDonald's. So <laughs> obviously he's going to be. That is true. No, that is true. Why? Okay. Explain how? it. The, well, why? Why, Jenny? Well, I'm because gonna there's roles. Jenny, tell me why. There's like roles and you have to clean them. Okay. Ask a nurse. Ask a nurse. Yes, that's okay. a good Ask question. Ask your new future daughter-in-law. Yeah. She'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Bigger people they in, do. Obese, in obese states tend to carry odor. I don't know if it's perspiration, just on health. I don't know what Dude, it is. It's bad. So anyways. It's bad. He wasn't the story. best smelling guy in the world, but I love him. Like if he ever sees this, like I love him. He's great. We became friends. Um, but he started working down. So it's starting to smell. Well, one day I'm trying to take a nap before work and I hear... <laughs> this spray, like Lysol spray. And I smell this heavy odor of Lysol. And I'm like, what in the world? Somebody must've thrown up in the hallway. So I ripped the curtain down off my bed and he is sitting there on my ironing board, spraying his McDonald's shirt with Lysol. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, my laundry. I'm like, that's not how you do laundry. <laughs> what? Yeah, so he thought to do laundry, he would just spray it with Lysol. No, and that would make it you better. are kidding me. No, because it was a disinfectant. He thought that's what it was. <laughs> oh so I'm like, gosh. I like had to get up out of bed, go get 10 bucks, show him how to use a washer and dryer. Wow. Like He didn't know what detergent was, fabric softener. Oh, what are you saying? Oh my gosh, for you didn't do your laundry I mean, until you were 20. I never, no, I you never sprayed mine with Lysol. That's right. I but knew he that learned, it took a washer. He learned it. just like not, I mean, you have them in your house. Yeah. You just had never done it. Right. Yeah. Trained up. Okay. So anything Sorry, else you're doing? No. So what are you doing now? Do you have hobbies? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, firearms, big hobby. Okay. Um, new one I found during COVID was disc golf. So ball disc golf, what? Is- disc golf, like Frisbee golf is okay. not the appropriate term. That's what people know it from. But it was the only thing open during COVID because okay. it's outside. You're not around anybody. You buy these stupid plastic discs and you throw them. Okay. And like at I the started, park or something? Yeah, there's courses, like a golf course. So there's one here? Oh, yeah. Here? There's like five or six in Huntington. Okay. I think I looked it up nationally. I think there's 35,000 or so nationally. So Whoa. it's the fastest growing sport in America right now because of COVID. <laughs> COVID started it. <laughs> so you just throw, it's like golf. You're par five and you got to make it in five strokes. Okay. So there's like, I mean, this year, a guy signed a contract for $10 million. Like one of the best ones in the world. Which is crazy. What? Okay, but to be fair, golf was hitting a ball. What are you going to do with golf? I'm going to smack a ball and walk down a fairway. I don't think any of it's worth anything. But like that's hobby. Like I love that. I love to shoot. That's the best part of being out here. You can just shoot in your barn or on your farm. Like there's no city regulations. Yeah. I love it. Right. Well, is it Indiana? You don't even have to have like a permit for your gun now. Yeah, it's constitutional carry now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It used to be. I mean, I have concealed be. carry. Yeah. So 
I've yeah. got my lifetime concealed carry. It's worth getting because I can carry in like third, 20 other states, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, constitutional carry means as long as you have good upstanding, whatever, you can do it. Mm. Yeah. You can't be a felon. That's sad. Violent. You can't be a violent felon. <laughs> Actually, I think Wait. if it gets reduced to misdemeanor, like you could have been, it just can't be violent. I've already been accepted that. So you can <laughs> carry a long time ago. Yeah. No, I can't. Huh? Like I can get all of my things removed in seven years. So 2027 is when, is I can when get. you can be expunged. Oh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Like all of my everything. But well, that's exciting. A guy, a guy at our church, a youth pastor, I know he had that, like he was in prison for like 10 years. Got his stuff expunged. He's a huge hunter and firearms enthusiast. This is the guy that's a youth pastor. That's huh? really yeah. motivating. Yeah, he was, Inspiring. he was in, his dad was a cop and he just ran away from the law and God saved him in jail. And he started a ministry in jail. Hundreds of people have come to Christ wow. in jail through him. Now he has a little halfway house. So guys come and work with him and he teaches them how to do um, mechanical stuff. And it's great. So how did you build relationships when you came back here? Did you have a bunch of relationships? So, no, that's still new. Um, like, hey, if you're reading this, reach out. I need friends. No. <laughs> if you're uh, reading this, like your friend, <laughs> what are you reading? Yeah, I know. That's the reading. I thought you did say reading. You did say well, reading. Well, there are captions below. I'm not as think as you drunk I am. Uh, <laughs> we, your son's my friend now, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, is new. Um, a couple guys want to play video games. I'm against PlayStation. Be- like, I don't ever play video games. You're and so against it? They, yeah, I think it's a waste of time. Like, honestly, I truly like, I listened to podcasts from Craig Rochelle about like the time expenditures. Anyways, don't get into that. But they were like, hey, that's what we do. And they're married with kids. And I'm like, married with kids? I could see like college guys doing it. So I got a PlayStation and I hopped online and I played. And I was like, this is wild to me. <laughs> Look at this. We have a special delivery. Whoa, oh my goodness. Tammy, oh, the a grilled of- cheese. Did you hear him say that? I did not. I already said or something. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. The Cafe of Tammy, Hope making a special appearance. Cafe of Hope. Cheeses. Listen, so this just shows you who the favorites are around yes. here because yeah. the Cafe of Hope right. has never, never, never walked in here and given us That's anything. Rude. Not one thing. All the hey, years I put in. You asked who I built relationships with? The people that matter. Yeah. Wow. The people who Do you hear that, food. Tammy? He was saying, who did I build relationships with? And he pointed at you and he yep. said, the people that matter. <laughs> Love you, Love you he too. is sucking up. Yes, Don't he let is. him fool yeah, you. He He's yes. like, I got to say something nice. They delivered my food. Right, right. Awesome oh, love it. Wow. Shoot us, they're, they're my favorite. Like, I, when I first came up here, I was miserable. Are you a good suck up? No. Yes. Oh. I like Sounds people. Like it. What? <laughs> Nick, it jump does. on my it side does. here. This is awful. No, I'm just here. saying, like, oh, I mean, wow. I gave on the Tammy air. hugs. I said, I love yeah. you. I'm like. um, I've spent lots of sweat and hard tears in over there for the hard, hard tears? Yeah. Yeah. Tears. Yeah, hard tears. Yeah, but anyway, but you're the only person, so you must be the best suck up around. Well, maybe, yep. maybe. Or, I'm just nice to Or people. you're just that genuine. Yeah, maybe it's that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I love, hey, I love Tammy and Ray. And being part of Team Orange is great. We have a an Insta, Instagram group named uh, Team Orange or whatever you said. Uh, me? No, I didn't say anything. Me, Nick, and Tammy, oh. Ray, um, yeah. Jenny. So we've got like one going there that's for Team Orange. and and Norman's, Norman's mom. mom. Yes, and Norman's mom. <laughs> I can't mom. Even remember her name. An Instagram but... girl. I didn't say didn't remember her name. I was saying I met Look her first. Jenny. I'm not a part of this Instagram girl. Jenny's sitting over there yes, saying, you are. wait a second. I'm on so- I'm the We're, social media person at Life Church. Did I just say that? And, and you're there's not on a here? team orange group. I'm on team orange. That I'm not a part of. That's not good if you're not. I'm adding this you right now. This is an unveiling. No, I don't want to be added now. <laughs> 
I don't. Oh, I, really, no. I really She's don't. not. She's I not. really don't want to be added. I think I sent you no, an invitation really and denied it. Who no, made, really the, who made the Instagram? Added. You. I think Ray. Oh. I'm getting up and leaving right now. <laughs> I don't know who did it. I just remember being told, hey, you're part of Team Orange now. And I was like, yeah. I don't know what the, I still to this um, day don't know what I mean. Can I be a different color? Uh-huh. I'm going to be my own team. Yeah, you can be Team Black. Well, thank you. I didn't even know team if you were Black. Team Orange or not. I wanted you on there. Well, I'm fine. I'm Jenny. fine. I don't need to be on there. Jenny, Team Black. Team no, Black. She's Team yeah. Red. She's Team Christmas. Huh? No. <laughs> She is awesome to me. She is legit. Got <laughs> her face on. Like, no, don't I, even I, I add really, me. I really do no. not want to be out of that. No, I wouldn't either. I really don't. I hate being an afterthought. Yeah, I really don't want to be Well, you got to take it up the right. I'm the one who wanted to add you. No, I really just, can we get past this? Like, <laughs> can we real? move on before she Jenny said, hits somebody? No. Punched, huh? Jenny's I'm getting not going to hit anybody. Do you want to trade seats? Why not? I'm not that mad. It's just annoying. Violence is the You wouldn't seriously Not the answer. You wouldn't really hit anybody? I'm not a hitter. Never. Love or not a fighter? I've gotten in a fight one time. Did you she win? did. She told me about it. I did? Outside what, of Hooters? The very first time. Oh, yeah. Were, yes. Outside of Hooters? It was outside did of Hooters. Win? Well, okay, the cops came before that. Oh. It broke so out. It wasn't yeah. a real. It's a long story. Yeah. That was our first time meeting. I got uh, Hooters? that story. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. But I forget That's why. Right. I forget why. Um, <laughs> hey, what's up? No, yeah, what's up? What's up? So many guests How is today. that talking smack? That was a... Yeah, we just had Norman's mom come in. Yep. Hi, Norman's mom. <laughs> Corinne, I hey. literally said, Corinne, love you, but I met Norman first. You yeah. weren't around when I met Norman. Okay. I was he in the... Norman uh, first. I was in Champs, and I was like, why is her dog running hey, around here? Hey, do you like his... Uh, his outfit. Fisher's look? Fisher's look? Yeah, do you like his Fisher's look? <laughs> No, we ask, were. You should ask Corinne about the. Uh, yeah, yes. Corinne, do you make yeah. people dress a certain way? Ooh, yeah. You need to get on the. Yeah, yeah so when, he went, the when he went to I Town, like they would like. I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but I had heard this from Vic too. It's like you have to look a certain part to reach a certain people. And so they made him like dress a certain way. Do you do that? Do you make people dress a certain way? No. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think she did. I, they're like. So if you're on stage, like you can't wear, I tell the girls not to wear short dresses because the stage you can, you can see. Oh, and Hey, like, I never thought about that. Pants, right. Good to know. Yeah. Well, hey, pajama, know. are pajama pants in or out of style? Uh, what do I, what? <laughs> I feel like pants. that's not a confusing question. <laughs> are they in or out of style? Yes. Pajama pants. I mean, I, I think pajama pants are always in style. Right. Ooh. In public, should you wear pajama pants in public? I mean, I'm wearing right. She's wearing them right now. now. Those aren't pajamas. Yes, they are. Right, joggers are not pajama pants. Yes, they are. I think they are. Here's the weirdest thing: when people talk about pajamas, I'm like, "What the frick's pajamas? What do you mean? A onesie? Huh? No, I've never owned a pair of pajamas in my entire life. Is that why? What? Is that why? Because you sleep naked? Oh, I'd sleep naked all the time if it was possible. If it was possible, it was. It would. Huh? <laughs> no, it was like possible when no kids are at home. Oh. Now there's kids at home. I'm like, gotta go back to the just underwear. Okay, well, why are you confused on pajamas? I know when people talk about pajamas, I'm like, I've never even known a pair of pajamas. You've never owned a pair of pajamas? I would not even know what a pajama pants looks like. Okay, but like, I consider pajama pants like sweats. Oh. So like what mm. she's wearing, like joggers, I consider that okay. to be pajama pants. No. We I'm need to get on a serious yeah, subject. Yeah, let's figure out a real thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like Jenny not being a part of the team. 
Yeah. Yeah. What that the is heck? a serious subject. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's now, huh? Norman's mom's a part of the team. No, she's not on there either. She's not, not on the orange. Part of Nate's team. <laughs> she's <laughs> not a part of the orange Instagram either. You're not. No. Apparently, it's just Nick, Ray, and Tam. Nick, Ray, Wait. and Tammy are the only ones on the orange are you Instagram. Did you know about this Corinne orange Instagram? Corinne and Jenny got ousted. Corinne, you don't, even, you don't even follow me, Corinne. So. Well, I'm sorry. Hey. They had their own it's Instagram not a group. It group was It was a thread us. that I think somebody made about a joke we did. Okay, so let's talk about life. Yes. So now that we've talked about every other issue in the yeah. world, let's talk about you. Talk about how you grew up. So you've given us a little bit of your yeah. history. So you grew up as a pastor's kid? Military kid and pastor's kid. Okay. So both. So talk us a little bit through that. So faith has always been faith a part all, of your yeah, life. So, is, so something like I love as a blessing is I always say like, Thanks God for never making me choose you. Like when I did choose him, but growing mm. up, like when I got saved at the age of like seven, I remember the first time I was like, oh man, I need to make a decision for Jesus. So I raised my hand and I walk out. It was a, a camp and my dad was the speaker. So I walked up and I was like, hey dad, did I want to- Did you have to fill out a card? Yes, I did. And I had to stand in front of everybody <laughs> yeah. in case, yeah. Baptist. Is that a joke or did you really No, that's how that? Baptists do it. Yeah. Yeah. And great. then at the oh, end, okay. they say we have so many decisions. And, and then, then everybody oh, claps. Yeah, yeah. everybody claps. So and then you, then you get dunked. Um, so we- I like walked up to him like, dad, I, I never realized, like, I've never accepted Jesus. He's like, well, you know what to do. And so like, I recited the Romans road and then prayed because like as a little seven-year-old, that's what you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go through the whole thing. And then, so it was like, it's awesome. But in Bible college is actually like where I found out how unreal my faith was. Like when things got hard Mm -hmm. and you're away from everybody else, like I actually have to choose Jesus. Like I have to choose him through the hard times. And so it was as an adult breaking away from Baptist faith and heading to ministry at I-Town when I went back into a version of Bible college for the third time that I was like, hey, I'm going to choose Jesus now. So what's that even mean? So you went to Bible college Mm -hmm. because you wanted to be a... Because my parents made me, yeah. Oh. I wanted to go in the military right out of high school, but I would have been a wreck. It was I wanted to play basketball or do that. And so my dad was like, no, you're going to go to Bible college for at least one year. Okay. And I say go to Bible college, meaning a Christian college? No, or like, so like, they have, they have like three degrees and they're all ministry related. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so which one did you go for? Uh, two. I did uh pastoral and youth pastor. Okay. And then I did a few missions classes. Okay. But then, and here's where I hate this for the females, the only degrees, they, they jokingly called it the MRS degree, mm-hmm. but it was basically like church secretarial or church education. And it wow. was basically, they were there to get married, like no part in church leadership, no nothing. Turkey And drop. so, yeah, Turkey I was drop. like, <laughs> Wait a second. The turkey drop. Remember okay. the turkey drop? Say this one more time. There so was like, this. That was the degree. Was just like church secretary or like church education. So that they could come to this Bible college and, and marry get married. a pastor. Yeah. And the ratio was like three to two. They're like three or three to one, like three females for every one dude. So like, it's almost like you, you had a 33% chance you're going to get married anyways. Oh, <laughs> sounds like a cult. Wow. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. we're trying to set up your whole life. So well, no, and that's how it was because everybody there was indoctrinated to it anyways. Like you don't come from a public school there. You're all Christian education. So like I was super world to getting there. Uh, I, I remember getting demerits for having my hair like this type of style because it wasn't pastoral. The, wow. the, my form, I still have it, says your hair is too Hollister-ish. <laughs> that was, I got written up and had to serve my demerits because of my hair. Wow. Hollister. Ish. 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 So that was, so I grew up in the church, grew up uh, Baptist church, broke away from it. That's when my faith got real. Um, So you went to the Bible college. Mm -hmm. Twice. Went to Bible college, got out, went back again. What'd you get out for? 
that finished. finished oh, you what were I done in do. a year. Yeah. And then, no, was, I'd went for a few years. Oh. Um, and then I went back when I was like 24, 25. Because this time it was your decision. Yeah. This time it was my decision. Okay. So, so what did you do when you year, got out? You're like, I could own I was an optician. So mm-hmm. I was an optician through college. I got certified in Oklahoma. Optician. Optician. Yep. So like you work with eye doctors. He actually worked with my uncle. Actually, really? just saw him. Yeah. Oh, I texted you during yes, it. Yeah. So her uncle and I are friends. I worked with him a lot. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I was the, no, well, no, here in Indy. Yeah. So oh. I transferred my job from Oklahoma up to here and I went to like, I don't know, 40, 50 different doctor's offices and as an optician. So you went to a Bible college to be a pastor, pastor and mm-hmm. you became a eye doctor. Uh, no, just working, <laughs> basically a nurse to an eye doctor. Okay. Um, okay. So you went to a Bible college and became yeah. a nurse. E, sure. There you okay. go. <laughs> male nurse. Yeah. Male nurse. nurse. I'm a nurse. Yeah. Um, got it. An eye doctor nurse. But yeah, so then, I did that. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, I don't want to be a nurse anymore. I was actually, I was actually at uh, Christian camp again, um, leading a bunch of teenagers there. And I just felt God saying like, Hey, you're wasting your, what I made you for. I want you to be in ministry. Okay. And so I went up to the front and I was like, Hey, I want to go back into ministry. And two weeks later I was back in Oklahoma at Bible college again. So during this like eye doctor time, were mm-hmm. you running from God, do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I knew very young age that God wanted me to be in ministry. And so for me, it was running from God because I was trying to become, I was started law enforcement thing. I was thinking about going into the military, like, um, want to do anything but, because mm. I had saw so much church hurt through the Baptist circle. No fault on Baptist, just right. denominational church hurt. And it even happens in non-denominational churches. Yes. Um, it, church hurt happens everywhere if we're not careful. And so that's like my passion started to breed there where I was like, why do I hate ministry? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because of God. It wasn't because of the people. It was because of the leadership that I was with, the the rules and the legalism and the hurting other people, people leaving church. Like, hey, you can't serve because you X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, that's, this is not Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I finished that college came back up. Um, and then I was in a service at Itown and the pastor said from stage, I'm doing what I love. I was making about six figures a year doing stuff that I loved, enjoying my life, enjoying my job. And a pastor said, you're miserable because you're not doing what God called you to do. Well, I was doing everything I wanted, but I was still miserable. Mm-hmm. So he said that I was at Itown. So two weeks later, I'm back in Itown's version of Bible college. And this time it was real. This time I chose God and uh, got hired right out of graduation um, to be the campus coordinator at their campus in Fishers. And um, that's when spiritual life and like ministry really took off and God started to develop the gifts. And like I said, our small group went from, you're supposed to have 10 people. We had 140 people signed up over two semesters. And, that's amazing. I'm um, still friends with a lot of them. And yeah, but I mean, life change happened. Um for me, knowing like, hey, God's called you to ministry. This is the gift that I gave you. I want you to speak, preach, teach. I love personal one-on-one. Um, and so that's now my 100% goal outside of cow stuff um, is to get back into full-time ministry and find my spot back where well, I can do what God wants me to do. Maybe back up because I must have missed Good. a part of Hit the me. story. Yeah. So went to Bible college, became an eye doctor, <laughs> went back to Bible college and yes. became what? I went into ministry. Oh, I thought you said you were making six six figures being an oh, eye no, doctor. No, 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 no. Sorry, right after that one, no, I was working in auto stuff, like auto finance. Okay, oh. okay. So you're financing all. That. Yeah. So then you get out of the Baptist church, mm-hmm. right? And then you start going to I Town. Yes. Why? Why I Town? I so during COVID. Oh, why I Town? Yeah, why I Town? I had a friend who worked there. Okay. Um, I didn't know any, I didn't know what denomination, they told us that denominational, non-denominational churches were like heresy. Like people don't get saved there. It's all fake. It's all Mm -hmm. emotion. Wow. Like literally indoctrinated into you. And so I'm like, this is like, I, I argued with one deacon who said, if, 
he told a girl that she wasn't saved because she read the NLT when she got saved. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how serious it was. And I was like, no, you're saved. She's like, I'm going to die and go to hell. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's when the light bulb went off. And I'm like, man, I can't, can't do this. And I love my dad's church is great, but the people, like one of the deacons there was pretty awful. And I, I stepped away and I was like, Hey, like, I don't know that I can do this. And I spent two months not going to church. The longest I've ever not been to church was this eight week period where I hadn't gone to church. Mm-hmm. And so COVID's still there. It's middle of 2020. I-Town happened to be open. My friend worked there. And mm-hmm. I just said, hey, are you guys having services? He's like, yeah, for sure. So I showed up and that was when I heard that message. And so heard and that so message. And so talk about the whole like, so I am a little bit confused. So let me no, walk yeah, through this. So some of the stuff you're saying about, like I like my dad's church. So f- mm-hmm. take your dad out of it. Yeah. So forget that your dad was the pastor of the yeah. church. You said you like the church that tells people they can't get saved unless- No, leave. his wasn't. That's not oh. his church. That was okay. that was a girl I went to Bible college with. Okay. And mm. so she had stepped away and was like, she had messaged me and asked me like, hey, is this real? Like, okay. I was getting confused. No, 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 like, no. Wait his a second. Church, his church wasn't like that, okay. which is great. And the church he's at now isn't like that. Okay. It's amazing. I was there this week for a, a prayer breakfast and mm-hmm. enjoyed it, prayed with the guys. It was amazing. Right. Um, love that because they see church as it should be. Okay. Um, and so- which is, but he's still in the Baptist denomination, mm-hmm. but he yep. sees it the way it should be, meaning- Like they don't think that- non-denominational churches like Life Church or TLC or iTown are wrong against the Bible. Okay. Like the doc as long as the doctrine's right, mm-hmm. um, you're reaching a crowd of people they can't reach. And they're reaching a crowd of people that we can't reach. Uh, there's okay. some people who are like, hey, my church needs to be a suit and tie. Like that's the way that I worship. That's how I bring my best to God. And other people, the way they bring their best to God is to look like us right now. And mm-hmm. um and so I love their church. I wouldn't hesitate to say that. Um, not my cup of tea. I don't like piano and organ. Mm-hmm. Um, I much prefer a worship team. Mm-hmm. I much prefer a laid back service. Mm-hmm. Having service in a gym, super cool. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to attend a service. Um, but yeah, so love it. And the other thing, and this is the big thing that I always say that my college disagreed with was I always said, why are you preaching against a church that has the same doctrine, just does things different? They would say like, oh, that music is worldly because mm-hmm. there's a drum in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, drums in the Bible. That wasn't worldly. And so then the problem was it was, they were preaching tradition as doctrine. So my goal and what I would love to do is help break that off of people's lives because people are leaving the church left and right because they feel hurt because they can't keep up with the rules. Like Jesus was like, even said multiple times in test was like, you can't keep up with these rules. Like if we tried to do this, you're just going to keep failing. Um, which mm-hmm. is ultimately something that Jesus took care of. Um, and so you're saying the church hurt comes from church rules? Comes from a lot of rules, comes from a lot of um, judgment. Like we were talking about judging people by their car earlier, but people judge other people by their past. Yeah. Like um, I remember one person feeling so dejected because he had been in prison like five years earlier and they're like, oh, you can't be a greeter. Wow. Why can't he be a greeter? Because he's a neck tattoo. Like for me, I'm like, yeah, he's got a neck tattoo of Satan. Like that's a story. That's mm-hmm. somebody who's like, hey, how did you, like what happened? I'm like, hey, Jesus, Jesus happened. And so mm-hmm. like it, for me, I hate that. Um, and so- So you're saying this guy seen, can't be a greeter in a- in That's what they did. Yeah, they, they rejected him from being a greeter. And I was like, he's hurt. And I'm like, like you should be hurt. Like that sucks. It's not how you should be. Right. And so, and because church should become as you are. It's a, it's a hospital for the sick, not for the- yeah. So, to, so again, so you leave that mm-hmm. idea, right? So yep. you, so part of what you're talking about as part of your calling would be like helping people get out of that. So yep. you go to I-Town, you're like, okay, I'm back. I go to their 
Bible college, mm -hmm. you're in full-time ministry with them. Yep. How'd you end up here then? So what happened there? Oh, so I was at I-Town for a while. Kyle, you know Kyle. Mm -hmm. um, so Kyle was the campus pastor, um, and he left and took a church up here called TLC. Who is Kyle for everybody? That... Oh, sorry. Kyle's uh, Vic Reinhardt's son. His last name is Reinhardt, Kyle Reinhardt. He and I were on staff together, but God led him away. And at I-Town. At I-Town to a church up here called Tower Life Center in Zanesville. Mm -hmm. And uh, he took over as lead pastor. Well, I felt God moving in my life over at I-Town. And it was such a cool story. But I, I, was, I was like, God, why are you moving? Like, I felt like this is where you want me to be. Small groups taken off. And God's like, I've got something else for you. And so um, I was like, I don't know what to do. So he, like, I just, audibly as I've ever heard the Holy Spirit, he's like, go call Kyle. So I pick up my phone to call Kyle in my living room. And Kyle called me as I'm calling him. That's so cool. And I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. I was about to call you. And he's like, Oh yeah, God plays show my heart. And he invited me out to Friendsgiving. Well, I didn't know that at the to time, what? a Friendsgiving. Um, I didn't know that at the time <laughs> Kyle was working. God was working in Kyle's heart about me, Kyle and his wife about me. And so we had done ministry together down at I-Town. We started their youth group stuff. Okay. And then, um, and so we went to Friendsgiving. And at that time I was ready to move on from I-Town. Um, God had started to close that door and Kyle was like, Hey, I want you to consider coming up here and helping at the church. And mm -hmm. so I did. Um, it took me six months or so, but finally moved up here, land, you know, got the job stuff straightened out. And, um, so again, what was the, is it just the calling or again, did you, when you were down there, you just feel like God's moving you on or was it? Yeah, like it was a combination of both. There were things that happened at I-Town that made me want to move on. Um, things that I didn't agree with trust in. you should, always agree with love and trust your lead pastor. Um, and I'm not saying he's not a good guy or a good pastor, just uh, we didn't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. And I felt like God was saying like, hey, it's time to move on. Like mm -hmm. you did what I wanted you to do here. Now I've got something different for you. Yeah. And again, I'm not. So when I'm asking these questions, this isn't more, this isn't like put down the Baptist oh, yeah, yeah, church right. or put down I-Town. What yeah, I'm no. trying to work through is, is that there are, so I always say there's like, three groups of people, mm -hmm. you know, when you're trying to reach, there's the complete lost, mm -hmm. meaning that they didn't grow up in a church. They never heard the gospel. They've never read their Bible. They don't know anything about church and anything that you say to them is pretty new. Mm -hmm. right. You know, then you have the people that put their hand in the fire of the church, got burnt and they're done, you know, and I then like you have the groups even... of people that continue to hop from church to church to just meet whatever their needs are. Yeah. And then, you know, they go back and forth. So I'm just trying to get this picture or help people get this picture of why, because in my mind, I'm always thinking the same thing is, is like, why is there so much church hurt? Like, why is there so much, you know, you're saying I-Town's a mega church, you know, they I don't are, really yeah. know much about I-Town or what they're doing. But again, so you go from a Baptist church, you know, and there's some problems there. And then you go to the I-Town Church, and there's problems there. There's going to be problems at every church you go to. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Like, yeah. what? Like, what are going to be the problems? What should be people aware so of? There, what should be the things that, you know, we should overlook? And what should be the things we should care about? For mm -hmm. sure. So I, I would argue the point that the biggest things you should care about are doctrine. Then outside of that, like different churches are going to meet different people's needs. Okay, so talk, so let's just talk about that for a second. Doctrine meaning, what, mm -hmm. what should we argue what about? What does the Bible say? about what church should be. What does the Bible say about what we should believe? There's okay. a lot of things in the Bible that are black and white. Like salvation is a black and white issue. It's salvation okay. through faith, not works. Okay. Easy, done, said, whatever. Baptism isn't a part of salvation. It's just a, hey, I'm claiming Jesus. And okay. so there's things like that that are super important. And then there's things that are trivial. 
what should you wear to church? Mm -hmm. That's not anywhere in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yet we have churches who argue, and I was indoctrinated in this. They're like, you should wear a suit and tie. That's the best that you can give to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's how you need to show up to church. But no. Mm -hmm. And so they break literal fellowship from each other. There's churches right now, uh, the Apostolic Christian Church, that still do arranged marriages. And if somebody doesn't want to do an arranged marriage— It's not completely arranged. I just talked to a couple. This is the apostolic churches around here. Yes. Yes. Wait, this one completely arranged. Not all of them. Not all of them. But some of them are still doing complete. So they they didn't even know when he proposed. She had no clue who was proposing. No. True story. That's scary. I will I will bring them on for them because okay. I just heard the story. I love their son. Uh -huh. I hang out with them in the nursery. I post them all over my Instagram. And I'm like, hey, how did you guys meet? And they're like, through church, I'm like, well, tell me your story of how you dated. Like, oh, we didn't date. And I'm like, how Which did you not date? Which is true. Yeah. Like so, in the apostolic church, you go to singings. Okay. So they he he saw her, thought she was cute. So he made the decision. He has to. So he has to propose to her family, not her. What? Yes. So they he would see somebody and then just be like, she's mine. Back in the old days. <laughs> she's mine. She can say yes. So from my understanding, she can say yes or no, but she can't see who it is before she says yes or no. Oh my gosh, that's... Scary. Crazy. No, they're an so amazing they like happy couple. Oh, they're, they're an amazing couple. Love them to death. Okay. But they just came out of the AC church into our church. Ah. And like one of the first conversations I had with them was he was like, I was told you understand what we're going through. Because they were completely shunned off. So back to what you're saying, like that's like a huge problem you look for. Like if you leave that church, like I-Town, I'm not yes. shunned off. I saw so many friends there. And it's easy for me to say like, I don't 100% agree with everything they do because you're not going to always, I agree 100% right. with everything we do at TLC. Like 100, that's why I'm there. That's why like, that's my culture. That's my people. That's where I want to be in ministry um, with iTown. And it wasn't even crazy, huge things. Like it wasn't big doctrinal issues. Um, there were small things such as like tongues or um, the way they were. Like there's things like that, that it's like, hey, you and I can read the same Bible and this is not a black or white. God said thus and didn't say this. Their pastor there, Dave, he actually said something I love. He said, there's black and white issues and there's the gray area. For black and white, we do truth and love. With the gray areas, we give grace. And that's why you need different types of churches for that grace. Like there are people who thrive within the grace of a Baptist church who are like, piano, organ, that's how I grew up. That's what I want my church to be. And to be fair, when I went to iTown for the first time, I'd heard drums and people put their hands up when they're, I was like, ooh, this is weird. Mm -hmm. And my, this lady kept swaying beside me and she'd put her hand up and hit me. I'm like, yo, like back <laughs> off. Cause I'm used to like stand there with my face inside a whatever. And so those are what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, there's going to be issues in churches. And if it's a big issue, like a pastor who's doing awful, illegal things, mm -hmm. obviously there, but I'm talking about the small stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like, there shouldn't be church hurt based on your criminal record. There shouldn't be church hurt based on, like, sure, yeah, if you have a lengthy criminal record, maybe don't work with the babies. But outside of that, like, be a greeter. Like, tell your story. Mm -hmm. And I love when churches ask people their story. Like, hey, when did God change your life? How did he change your life? My story with how God changed my life from being a Christian who— he was so fake until I was, I turned 30 in two weeks and up until 28, it was fake. It was, I didn't make it through Bible college because I loved God. I made it through Bible college because I wanted to be known as somebody. Mm. I wanted to make my dad proud or mm -hmm. be a good preacher. Mm -hmm. Like none of that was about God. Um, you can be a great preacher and it be about God. You can be good at ministry like you are and be about God, not yourself. And yeah. I love pastors. You can see genuine pastors. Genuine pastors of people who love them, adore them, want to be around them. Fake pastors of people who almost idolize them like they're a celebrity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they're unreachable. They're untouchable. They have security and, guards. Yeah, exactly. And so um, that's, I love 
like even when you were pastoring, one of the things I loved when I watched your thing, Mike, he's wearing a Bears jersey. <laughs> like two things. Someone the Bears sucks, so it's just guts to walk up there and be like, this. I'm a Broncos oh, fan. Nick. I'm a Broncos Nick's fan. A Bears fan, by, by the oh. way. Mr. Orange Team specialty yeah. guy over here. Hey, listen, yeah. I like the Broncos. We also have orange and we also suck. So <laughs> um, anyway, so it's like I saw that and I'm like, that's real. But like a new pair of Jordans every week and like preachers and sneakers. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they no. like, they, so they take major pastors. I heard Nick talk about who this. Wears, I'm not, it's not a joke. They find pastors. They're wearing thousand dollar new pair of shoes every week. Wow. A thousand dollars every week on a new pair of shoes to walk there and preach. And they wear them once. Wow. And so it's like, you've got these celebrity pastors that, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with a pastor making good money and doing great for himself. I have nothing against that. Have having money. It's just the, the way that they were idolized and stuff like that. Like there's yeah. a pastor in Chicago. He did a message. He wore a $2,000 pair of Yeezys in a suit that cost $3,000 and they called him out on it. And at the end of it, he was done with him. And I'm like, that's that you're looking at $5,000 for a pair of what? Yeezys. It's a shoes. Adidas shoe that kids, she would know what it is. Mm-hmm. That kids eat. <laughs> I've never had them. I think they're ugly, but they're culturally relevant and they're very expensive. Mm. Um, my brother bought a pair and resold it for $500 more than he bought it for. Wow. So like it's winning the lottery to get them when they come out. Mm. Um, you have to put your name in a hat. So anyways, so those type of things, that's not good, but telling somebody they can't serve because of those type of things, but also then coming and walking alongside the thing I loved about Itown, so many baby Christians did a great job of reaching people. Churches miss it a lot under discipleship. They'll mm-hmm. let you get saved and then it's on to the next person. Yeah. And then you're stuck like, okay, I just got saved, but nothing in my life changed. I'm still walking through the same issues as I'm walking through. I'm still depressed. I still have anxiety. I still have sins in my life that I need to work on. And so striking that balance is big, important to me. Like I said earlier, I love the discipleship process. If I could do one thing at a church, it'd be a discipleship pastor. Um, because it never works. <laughs> no, because it needs to work and it works great when it does it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does it? Good discipleship? Yeah, tell me what good discipleship is. Good discipleship is not Bible college. No, I say that. So tell me good discipleship in a church. Good discipleship in a church is giving people a next steps. It's hard to do 3,000 people at one. Like you can't disciple 3,000 people right. one time, but having a whether it's small and it's going to look different in every culture. Yeah. The, what would work here in Huntington will not work in Fishers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have, it has to be scalable. Mm-hmm. Um, one pastor can't disciple a hundred people. Mm-hmm. They can start in a bigger scale, like a next steps program that says, Hey, this is what our church believes. If you want to join our church, this is how you could get involved, how you serve. But then it's like, Hey, I just made a decision for Christ. And you have to fall into those three categories. Like you said, you've got somebody, Hey, I grew up in church my whole life. I understand those things. Now teach me how to walk that. Mm -hmm. Um, The people who got burned and are like, I'm stepping my toe back in. I really don't know. Like the last time I tried to serve this happened and I got pushed away and I don't want to serve. Like I got pulled out of the prayer room because I was too loud or whatever. That's a true story. And so um, you've got people like that are dipping the toes back in and you have to love them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then you've got finally the people who don't know anything. They're like, great. I just got saved. But then they're walking in and I'm not going to say anything specific because I want to make people feel uneasy, but they're walking in a lifestyle that doesn't represent Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so you get to sit down with them and meet them where they're at and be like, Hey, like, I'm glad you got saved. Here's some things we can start to do. Like, here's a Bible reading plan you can start to do. They can start to ask questions like, Hey, who did create the world? Cause those people, then they don't know. Um, they know they just believed in God. They know there's trust in Jesus as a savior, but they still believe in evolution. And so there are people, you have to meet them where they're at. So good discipleship program does that. And it's tailored toward the individuals. There's some good books out there. Um, one of my life goals in the next 15 years is to build a discipleship program, uh, from beginning to end meeting people where they're at. 
So people who have the education on the Bible, um, who then want to start to use that because there's pride that's got to come out. There's, um, church or anger, old habits that need to die hard. Um, and then there's people who, man, they get saved out of a life of drugs or prison ministry, things like that. And this like a whole new world to them. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, how can I serve? One of the best places, man, let's put you out greeting. Like when people come in, high five them, remember their name, welcome to church, tell them you're excited to see them. And then, um, I always tell the people that we're discipling when they first start to serve, find two people, remember the name the next week and go call them out. Mm-hmm. Walk up and be like, Jenny, it's so good to see you again. Like, how's your dog? How's Norman? Roman, sorry. How's Norman? <laughs> I, get him, I get him mixed up too. Yeah. <laughs> How's Roman? Um, how's Grayson? And so doing that type of thing, one of my friends is a pastor. That's how he ended up becoming a pastor. He walked into church with his buddies and the greeter remembered his name the next week. And that did it for him. Now he's a pastor. And what, so, that had that much uh, like effect on him? Like that was the start of his Christian journey was he, he was like, I came back and kept coming back because somebody knew who I was. Wow. And so for me, discipleship journey, like I said, it has to be individualized. It can't be like this big group setting. Mm-hmm. But then when you get people to a certain setting, like something I love that iTown did is a leadership academy. Something where, okay, now I know the, the basics of the Bible. I know my core doctrines. Now we're going to get that into a place where I can then begin to teach other people, lead big teams, um, start my own church, things like that. And so that's where Bible colleges and ministry leadership teams, Traders Point's got a really good one, um, begin to thrive and send people out. And so for me, big life goal, love to do that because it's a part that you can do that can really shape, I believe, the core of the way a church loves people um, is because people who are educated about the Bible off, this isn't in always, mm-hmm. but oftentimes almost look down their yes. nose. And that's what I experienced at Bible college. Just so much hurt. Like I remember one time saying, I came back for the second time and I was like, hey, like I want to get involved in lead. And they're like, well, we don't trust you yet from your last time here. Wow. The worst thing I did the last time there was skip out on in-campus suspension from not making my bed too many times. Like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't an egregious, like it wasn't out doing anything bad, partying, whatever, drinking, anything that they would consider bad there. Um, it was simply that I didn't follow the norm and like, well, we don't trust you yet. Mm-hmm. And so breaking that off of and showing people like, hey, you've got a criminal record, great, come serve, go be the best pastor in the world. Because God used Paul, murdered Christians, mm-hmm. did so many things. Like we would, I saw a thing yesterday on the internet that said, if you're not somebody the church would have killed 400 years ago, are you even living for Jesus today? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's true. Like um, Paul did so many things that were revolutionary. And so I want to see that more in churches. And that's the thing that angers me more. Jesus was so angered by the way that religious people hurt yeah. other people that he literally went about flipping tables and calling them brood of vipers and things like that. Whereas he loved the people and they were like, why are you sitting down with sinners? Why are you yeah. sitting down with these disreputable people? He's like, that's who I'm coming here to reach. Mm-hmm. And so people who are educated in the Bible shouldn't even look like, shouldn't even have the thought I'm better, more educated than. It's the ex- you're the exact same person they are, mm-hmm. no matter what God saved you from. Like, sure, I didn't do drugs, but I li- I've lived a wicked life of sin mentally or emotionally or whatever else it is. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hate it, detest it, watched it. And so something that I'm passionate about helping end. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was a lot of talking. Sorry. <laughs> well, again, the only reason I asked the question is because I've, lots and lots of people, I think, have said, like, 
the, the answer is always discipleship. And so then it's like, we need to put together a discipleship program at the church. And if we put a discipleship program together at the church, it always fixes everything. Mm-hmm. I've just never seen one work. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work to fix everything. You have to have the staff personnel in place that can help those next leaders take the big next steps. Because on the same degree that you're going to have three different types of people who are, you're ministering to at church, you're going to have three different types of people who continue to go to church. You have your creasters. Like, hey, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to show up on Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter. I believe in God. I'll tell my kids to believe in God. I'll want them to get saved. And then that's the extent of it, all the way up to people who are like, I'll go on stage and play my guitar. I'll go on stage and sing. I'll go on stage and preach. And then um, you've got the middle ground people who are like, hey, I want to lead a team, but I don't want anybody to know who I am. I want to serve in the kids area, but please don't take pictures of me. And so it's having a tailored program. I'm not saying discipleship fixes the church at all. No, I'm saying I mean, it helps. I would say you were saying that. Yeah. I was more or less saying like, the part that's confusing is, is that like, if we put together, whether you call it the next steps program or people have all of these programs mm-hmm. out there and well, if you get in them, you're, you're going to go down this path. And by the time you get down this path, and I've always think this is weird. Like if you give your life to Jesus, you'll desire to want to be more like him. A hundred percent. Yeah. So you're going to go figure it out. Like, do you really have to have a bunch of programs? Like, I no. I don't remember ever even going through a program. You don't need a bunch of programs. <laughs> I've never been in a program. You don't need a bunch of programs. I think what you need is the same thing that Jesus with the, did with his disciples. You need somebody to help yeah. come alongside in your faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The disciples were all good at different things. Um, and if you read into their stories, they are all from very different, outside of the fishermen, they were all very different personalities, very right. different occupations from doctor to mm-hmm. Wharf man, fisherman. And right. so um, you you have to have staff who can come alongside and tailor a discipleship program to people who want it. Because people are going to ask questions and they're not going to, if you leave them to Google, then they can end up confused. Like, wait a second. Like if you read, there's a passage in the Bible that was only relevant to the church at that time, where it was like, women should shut up and not be, not talk and ask their husbands <laughs> when they get home. That's like relevant you, today. If you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're a, if you're a baby Christian and you're like, all right, what do I believe in the Bible? And you read that, like, oh, I saw a lady on stage. That church is awful. And so having somebody can go along. I actually heard one of your pastors here. I was in a meeting with Nick and uh, Ray and Tammy, and he was the like, guy was asking a lot of questions. And I don't know who it was. I know he's a lookalike like Nick, um, shorter hair. I think it's Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. He was so good at, um, it's a lookalike. I just lost like my Nick. Oh man. Like I love the short hair, the beard, but he, like the things he was saying to that guy, I was, I was having a hard time paying attention to our meeting. Cause I'm like, man, that's such good stuff. That's what I desire to do. Like I love coming across people like that. Who's confused or been hurt. Um, my favorite thing with our group, at iTown, it was called countercultural, was showing them that the culture that they're used to, this toxic mentality of legalism, isn't who Jesus was. Jesus was super countercultural when he showed up. He broke the norm. He started a whole lot of new things that people hate him for. He got even crucified for, and the mm-hmm. Pharisees hated him for it. Um, they would ask me questions. They'd come up and be like, hey, I left church because they said this. They mm-hmm. told me I couldn't X, Y, Z. I needed to go to Bible college to serve on this team. And I'm like, yeah. Like, and we have a lot of Christians. It's not by and large the majority. So please don't hear me say like discipleship fixes all of church. We have a bunch of people by the thousands in America who are being left behind by the church, never to the darkened doors again, because we as humans hurt them. Like we hurt them as humans. It wasn't Jesus. Um, And so that's the one thing I stress to them who are like, I don't really want to go back to church because this is what happened. Like, hey, I want you to understand that was people, not Jesus. This is what Jesus says about you. You're Mm -hmm. called, you're chosen, you're delivered, you're redeemed, and you're capable. It doesn't matter what your past is. You're capable of stepping in and leading for him in the future. And your story is going to be relevant to save other souls. 
Paul was the, probably the worst in the like murdered Christians. That's, I don't know how you get much worse than that. And ended up being <laughs> the greatest missionary of all time and wrote right. half the new Testament. So if that's the God that we still serve now, and it is, then church should have a place like your, and you guys have it here where your pastor sat down with that guy and answered all his questions from Paul. He was like, well, what about, and then he's opening his Bible and he's like this. He's like, well, what about, and he's like, well, this. And I was like, man, this is like, he knows it. It's good. I love that. That's kind of where I want to go. Um, and you can do that on small and large scale. Um, you can do it on a large scale once you get to a certain point. Um, and then small scale, you just need to be ready to handle people where they're at. Yeah. People who just came from worshiping Satan and accepted Jesus to people who like me were in church their whole life and mm-hmm. sat down, like I sat down with Kyle, uh, 2020. And I was like, Hey, I want to serve for the first time, but I need it to be different. Like I'm tired of the way that church has always looked. You get burnt out. It's not real. People are fake. You know a genuine person because the people around them know they're genuine. Right. And so it was, uh, Kyle's genuine and he talked to me about it and it was great. And youth group took off and is awesome. So that's what I'm saying is yeah. not the cure all for everything, but definitely the fix for people who are leaving the church by the droves because we hurt them. Yeah. Relationships. Relationship. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean. I'm somewhere in the middle because sometimes I think it's an excuse. I think people leave the church all the time and say, well, because somebody didn't do Judas, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, get over yourself. Yeah. That's part of what I want to say. I don't want to be sit there and pat you on the back and say, well, the church hurts you. Yeah. Well, welcome to the real world. Yeah. I mean, people the real world people. is like, you're going to get hurt. Like right. things are going to happen. If you want to, if you, if you would lay your life down for Jesus Christ, is that really what you're mad about? Are you yeah. really mad that That's somebody good. came up and said to you this, or do you just need to figure out that part of your problem is, cause this is going to come up again, is you're completely selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all so you're good. thinking about is yourself. So good. And if you weren't thinking about yourself, when somebody said, well, I don't like what you're wearing, you been like, I don't really care. Yep. I mean, I, I don't but know. That don't goes know. for the people that have like a relationship with God and are rooted in it. Like if they're church hurt because of that, but for people that are church hurt that don't know God very well, and then they walk away completely from him because I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say, but no, I get what you're saying. You see like, what I'm saying? Like, I think you could speak to it maybe better than anybody on this subject, like walking into church, feeling like you don't belong. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen that so much. That's a church hurt. I did tell one of my friends to get over himself. Like from the pulpit, uh, Pastor Dye Town said to me, so well, I don't agree with that. And that hurt my feelings. Like, okay, well, man up and get over it. Like mm-hmm. you're you're rooted in God. You're serving. Keep serving. Mm-hmm. Like if he says something totally off the wall, like you know, salvation is through works. Okay, fine. We can have a conversation. But you're, you're never going to meet a pastor who is perfect in your eyes. They're humans. They're going to fall. They're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Man, I fail all the stinking time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not that I love what you said. Yes, some people need to get over themselves. And then you've got people who are like, well, I got hurt because I felt like I didn't belong and they made me feel like I didn't belong. And if I were to go back into a Baptist church right now, the one I went to in college, wearing what I'm wearing now with my NLT Bible, man, I would feel so out of place. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me serve. I wouldn't be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's the difference there um, mm-hmm. that I'm looking at. But yes, you're right. hundred percent. I'm not that. saying right. No, I'm I think just we're saying, all right. I, you know, yeah. I'm just saying in general, the thing for me is, is that when 
when let's just go back to all of those things that you're talking about. Like if you go back to scripture and you read scripture as people laid their life down for Jesus, regardless of what the hurt was, regardless what the church did, regardless what was going on, regardless of what happened, Mm -hmm. people laid their people who were true believers in Jesus Christ laid their life down Mm -hmm. and they got over these other things. So I'm always like, I don't know. I mean, I want to help you Mm -hmm. and I want to go down this road and, I, I love to debate and I love to talk and yeah. I love to do all these things. But I think that you're putting way too much emphasis, not you, but them on yeah. things that really don't matter. And if you are a true believer, then lay your life down. Yeah. Like, and if it's not your cup of tea, then get a different cup of tea. If you like show up and you're like, well, I love the pastor's messages, but I hate the worship. Don't complain about it and say that they're wrong. Yeah. Go find a church where you love the message and you love the music. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing. People will call that church or the back. Well, I approach them about, keeping this in church and they wanted to shift to be more culturally relevant and that just hurt us and we can't be there anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, but again, that's why I always get confused. The church has one purpose. The church's purpose is to help Jenny do ministry. So pick your church based upon who helps you live on mission. Mm -hmm. And so why pick a church even on the pastor and or the music? Yeah. Like they're all... You know, sometimes you're going to like them. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes the messages are good. Sometimes the music is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just comes and goes. The point is, my job that I will stand in front of Jesus for is whether or not I'm on mission. That's good. So does the church help me stay on mission or not? And that's yeah. why I'm like, I get way confused on the things that are have really zero to do with what the church was designed for anyway. Yeah. The church wasn't designed to attract a bunch of people to keep them happy and mm-hmm. make them run through a program. The church was no. designed to get to know you mm-hmm. and to help figure out how do we keep you on mission? Yep. How do we make sure that you're following the great command? How do we make sure that you're following the great commission? And, and enabling how do we help them. you get it done? Yeah. yeah enabling them to do it. So that was one of the things I loved. I loved when I first, you and I first started talking, we got here, you were talking to me about the business aspect of what you guys do and how that enables people to go on. And I'm like, man, that's such a good idea. And you said that we have to do ministry the right way. And that's great because well, I just think we have to get to know not, people and help them stay on mission. There's great, there's great times for programs. Like I tell them, an awesome one, this outreach where you go to, um, these hotels that people stay in on like government assistance, you knock on the door, you hand them groceries. Hey, Jesus loves you. How can we pray for you? That's an awesome program to have. But to your point, that enables them to do ministry they're called to do. I hate that. I'm so awkward if I meet somebody brand new. I'm like, hey, if you were to die today, do you know where you're going? Like, I'm like, hey, back off, pal. But like, there's people in our church that are so called to do that. And I love this guy. He'd go up his... Uh, name is Cam Hoffman. He'd knock on the door and he'd be like, hey, how can I pray for you? Next thing you know, there's like eight people around him being prayed over. And like, that's his mission. For me, I'm like, pass me with that. I'm gonna go get the groceries and hand them to you guys. I would rather meet somebody and help them do ministry in here by helping educate the Bible, whatever it is. And so- um, But that, that was, was uh, I guess my point is, is that that's the part that I'm still confused about. So what's that? if it's your calling mm-hmm. to go deliver groceries to a hotel room, why mm-hmm. does the church need to have a program to do why it? Don't why don't you just do, just do it? Yeah, why don't you just go do it? Why don't you just go do it? Why do I have to have a program? Because I don't want my name on it. I don't want Life Church's name on it. I don't, And I'm not saying they were yeah. or weren't, but my point is if God's called you to go mm-hmm. there, I'll give you the money and I'll give you the groceries. You go do it on your own. I will I say churches churches want their name on it for yes. the glory for themselves or for more people. I will say that's one bad aspect of ministry when they do that. Um, in Bible college, we used to stand in the middle of the downtown streets, like screaming in a microphone, like repent, believe, you know, like yeah. things that don't really turn people around. And uh, 
But back to what you just said, like, yes, go do it on your own. But the church also can help enable that, which is good because you get the funding, you get the resources to go do it. Yeah, maybe I can't afford to go feed 100 people. But no, I, again, I guess that was my great. point. My point just was is that I think we need to be careful, in my opinion, because programs can be no more different than religion. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go do it because it's a program at the church. Check I'm going to check it box. off the list. Yeah. Where if it's a calling, you're going to figure out how to do it and you're going to go do it. That's the other thing that I say with burnout. And you might disagree with me on this, but I'm like, if somebody asks like, how do you get burnt out of ministry? I'm like, it quits becoming your calling. Mm-hmm. It's become something you have to go do. I have to go love this person. Like if it's your calling, yeah, people can be awful sometimes, but if you're calling me, you're going to love it. Like I, my God has moved like my desires and love. I spent all of our Sunday this past Sunday holding babies in the nursery. 110% would never be anything that I've been like, oh, I love to do that. I left Sunday so refreshed because I was like, man, I'm in God's house doing what he called me to do because I held this baby. His parents got to stay in this message. Like it was, there's so many things we can do. No, it doesn't have to be programs. Yeah. Some programs can help. Um, the funding from the church definitely helps, but the way you guys do it here with cafe of hope and businesses being in here. So cool. Yeah. And again, I guess for me more than anything, I'm just trying to figure out long, what lasts long-term programs come and go Churches come and go, callings don't. Yep. And if you enable people to do their calling and live out their passions and do it, churches come and go and pastors mm-hmm. come and go. But if Christians live out their calling, that doesn't come and go. And it doesn't matter what church you go to. Yeah. And all the church should be is an enabler to get it done. Mm-hmm. So we're past an hour. So Oh my that. gosh, it's two and a half hours. Yeah. So yeah. questions. Questions. But shouldn't it be instead of programs, it should be the pastor. Like Do he should be the program on stage, like directing the people to find their calling and everything else. Like if it was for the pastor doing what he's supposed to be doing, I don't think we would need all of the. Well, I just think we, all of us together should be right. encouraging people to, to talk to the Holy Spirit, listen to it. Yeah. Because to me, it, and maybe this is why I'm such a simpleton. <laughs> I, I just am like, here's what I think think would be really simple. Talk to God, listen to the Holy Spirit and does what, do what he tells you. And yeah. if you feel like you can't get it done, then come back to the church and we'll try to help you get it done. Yep. But if you would just do what he said, then do we really need to have a program for you to do it? Or And I'm not, and again, I'm not anti, well, this might not be true. <laughs> I'm not like anti-program. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like my, I just heard Nick Google from a game. Well, I, mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, because again, I've watched this all my life where the church creates this factory mm-hmm. and you have to be at it all the time. Like yeah. you got to come here and yeah. serve and you got to come here and do, and we got to come and be a part of what we're doing. And I'm like, well, what about what God's doing through me? Does For it sure. always have to be through what no. the church is doing? And, and I think, I honestly think, cause I agree with you, but I also disagree on a small scale. I think it's both. Like there are people who are deep enough in God's word who are like, I'm going to go out and do this on my own. And there's other people like, man, I need somebody to come alongside me and help me mm-hmm. do that. And so I think, yes, you have the people who are like, hey, I'm a strong Christian. I'm going to go deliver those meals on my own with the church's funding. And you've got other people who are like, hey, I want to hand out the groceries, but I still want to be a part of this. And they can go and be a part of it with the church mission as long as it's in the right heart, right mind. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both. But I think, like you said, it's be. everything. Okay, All right, here we question go, number one. Oh, no. All right, from Robert Grover. He wants to know, what would you say is the easiest way to get through church hurt? The easiest way to get church? The easiest way to get there through There is no it. easy way to get through church hurt, but the best way is to rely on the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Like the very first thing you say, Robert? Robert. Robert would be to um, understand that it wasn't God, that it was people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that people hurt Jesus. People 
even in the Bible, were legalistic enough to hurt other people. But Jesus always called people out of that church hurt. Um, like Matthew would have been rejected very heavily, f- not just from his standpoint on God, but because he went kind of against Jewish religion, but Jesus called him to be a disciple and he was one of Jesus's 12 best friends. And so, um, no easy way, man. So sorry to say that it's not super great, but sitting down with somebody, talking to them through it, reading your Bible, figuring out who Jesus is to you, understanding that Jesus does call you, that he does love you, that that wasn't him, that that was people Mm -hmm. is the best beginning to it. And then also to tailor like what church hurt did you experience? Was it from your past? Was it from rejection? Um, You can go into that psychology type of it, but sitting down with a pastor, I would say is a good way to start it and to tell them, tell your story, get it out. People need to, somebody needs to help you process that. If you just hold it in and you're afraid that somebody else can't handle it, the Bible calls us to bear another bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. So sit down with a trusted person at your church, or if it's here, if this is your church, man, find somebody to sit down with and be like, hey, this is what happened. Can you help me navigate, walk through this? Because there could be part of that church hurt that, I'm not saying it's your fault, but part of it, they're like, hey, actually, you know what? This is something that we need to get a better understanding on. And there could be just parts of it that it's like, man, I can't believe that happened to you. Mm-hmm. That won't happen to you again. And so um, that would be the best part to begin, but it's a journey. And sometimes it takes years. That was good. All right, Emily Krieger, we are so excited for your ministry at Life Church. How do you remain passionate about helping people that have been hurt by the church when they push back and tell you their trauma and faith? I'm not from Life Church, so I'm going to default to Pastor Well, okay, Michael so I'm, I'm thinking she means the Brickhouse Farms. Oh, That's yeah. That's what she means, because okay. I said that on there. Can you read the back half of her question? Yes, then? I can. I got scared and wanted to go to Mike. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't work here yet. Yeah, no. Thank how do you. you remain passionate about helping people that have been hurt by the church? Oh, how do I remain passionate? When um, they push back and tell you their trauma and faith. Oh man, uh, I actually thrive off of that. So like that pushback is my favorite part because I did that same pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I remain, number one, it's a calling. Like yeah. Mike said, if if God puts a calling on your heart, like, and it's a real calling, you don't walk away from it. Um, like it's, you can when sin gets heavily involved, but it's really hard to. So for me, it's like, I wake up and I want that. Like I mm-hmm. crave that um, time with people. Like uh, the meetings, my favorite part of ministry was never, being on stage or preaching. My favorite part about ministry was getting a text message from somebody who said, Hey, do you have an hour today to talk? Can we get coffee? Something happened. Like, I love that part. And so for me, I don't know that there's a way that I stay passionate about it other than to reiterate what I said earlier in the podcast. If God called you to do it, you Mm -hmm. won't burn out on it because you're, you're doing what he called you to do. Like, I feel like God puts people on earth for a reason. Like, Hey, this is your purpose go and do. And then for me, it's like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing. Mm -hmm. It's like saying like, I can't get burnt out on pizza. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you love it, you love it. That's right. And so, uh, but to answer your question in a serious way, um, staying faithful about it. And then also just asking God to help you through it. Cause there are people that I've helped them through it and we've walked through it for, uh, see one guy like over a year now. And he still asks some of the same questions. And it's like, Hey man, like God still loves him. Jesus still loves him. He's still hurting. What he experienced is still really real. And so understanding like, I'm going to love him. Like Jesus loved him. Jesus never gives up on me. I'm not going to give up on them. That's good. There you go. All right. Lisa Freeman. How did Nate get into this ministry? So I, we already talked about that in his brick house farms and what fuels his passion for this particular ministry. I'm going to ask you questions at a time because this is kind of one okay. or it's more than one. Okay. Oh, okay. Here's yeah. that was the end of that one. Yeah. I thought so it was the second what one feels your passion for this for Brickhouse Brick Farms? Yeah. Um, what happens with the kids? So 
a huge passion for kids who were, so my degree that I started with was youth ministry. And so the benefactor of Brick House are uh, orphaned kids, foster Mm -hmm. kids. And so I love so much that God put me in a loving family that's not broken. Like my parents were never divorced. Uh, none of those things. I was always felt chosen, wanted. And so seeing somebody who never had that or might not ever get that burns me inside. Mm-hmm. And so knowing like, hey, this money is going to go to these kids to be chosen, to be loved, to be called. Because I think their story is so much better than my story. Um, and they can do so many more things. And so I love it just because I know who it's going toward. And I love those kids. There you go. Nice. Good. All right. What is your go-to move for challenges that arise, be that circumstance or person? First thing is prayer. Um, Never react in the moment. Uh, Somebody hurts you. Somebody does something very wrong. Um, Very first thing is to get rid of the emotions and get in prayer. Mm. If you read the New Testament, um, Jesus walked away from his friends all the time to be alone, walked away from people, and he just went and spent time with God. And so for me— um, like I just had a conflict with somebody the other day and it hurt, like it was somebody that I love and it hurt and they hurt. And before they apologized, like, instead of getting mad and coming back at them, nodded my head, told them goodbye. And then I went and prayed about it. And I was like, Hey, Jesus, like take away the emotions, take away the hurt. What's real. What do I need to hold on to? How do you want me to react to the situation? Like, even in my own life right now, I'm going through the worst season of my life. And I've prayed every day for 125 days for God to bring about a miracle. And I've continued to get hurt by the same person. Mm. And so um, at the end of it, it's just like releasing it to God, um, no matter who hurts you, no matter what happens, Jesus didn't, and Jesus wants to help that. And so for me, go to move, pray, meditate, worship, put on a song, worship Jesus, tell him he's good. Tell him that wasn't him. He's not the one who hurt you. He's not the one to put that circumstance in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it's a posture of worship, prayer, and tears. Like get before God, cry out to him. Crying helps. Yep. Crying, not like tears of like, why God, why? But like getting like, God, you're so good. And I just Mm -hmm. want to passionately worship you. It's good. All right. The last part of it. She wants to know, oh, wait, this is not a question. This is a comment. She says, lastly, may God bless him and his heart richly. This is a phenomenal yeah. ministry. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. And awesome. then Bree Sullivan wants to, she says she needs to see pictures of the wolf doggo. <laughs> oh, my I gosh. saved the best for last. <laughs> is that the yeah. last one? Yeah, that is the last so one. Do I want to see pictures of the I don't wolf know. dog? Yes, we do. How the camera can do this. Well, I can just send them to her. You can oh, send yeah. them to me, and then I'll send them to yeah, her. Yeah, so well, he is... Uh, around seven foot tall when he stands up. So I'm right at six foot. So he's and taller than there's you. There's a picture, like I catch him and like, he's looking down on you. He made it onto the Pacers uh, website one time. He did? Yeah. So the, my friend, my friend's a pacemate and she said, like, hey, we're doing a dog thing. And so post a video and we'll play it on the big screen. So oh, that's cool. Echo and I made it on a dance-off challenge on the big screen. Dance-off challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's the most interesting part of me is that dog, honestly. The dog? Yeah, hey, if you boil I get my it. life down, it's like, I love that stinky My dog. dog's the most interesting part of me. I get it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We mm-hmm. need more things that are interesting. And he said, he said, <laughs> Norman's mom dogs don't have moms. False. Yeah. They do. They do. That they're I actual could, dogs. No, if I could no. claim no. Echo as a dependent, you know yeah. how much money I spend on that stinking oh thing? Oh, I know. Yeah, I that's know. part of the Same. problem. Like two to three hundred bucks a month in food alone. Yeah. Gosh. He, I mean, how much do you spend on yourself, Mike? Huh? How much do you spend on yourself? On like food, food wise, food uh, wise, a month? Do you think? I have no idea. Probably four to five hundred dollars. You I think have, so? On myself? <laughs> yeah. No. You no, think it's that's less? like the grocery budget for the whole family. Four hundred, five hundred dollars yes. for a whole month? Yes. No. Echo eats like five, six thousand calories a day. Huh? What? Echo eats like five to six thousand calories a day. Yeah. 
That's insane. Well, Mikey shouldn't be eating five to six hundred thousand <laughs> calories of anything. If you eat five hundred thousand calories of something, you're dying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we got to get Nate. Yes. Thank you for joining us. And again, people can see you through the Brickhouse Farms, yep. part of the Orange Team. If they want to, you know. Well, kind of part of the orange team. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I just Capitol. got booted from the orange team. I think maybe the orange team just split. Oh in no, half. no, the orange team has its favorites yep. inner circle and then well, the outer circle. No, yeah, the outer circle, the which is okay. And Rayanne determined who was on the yep. ends and who was on the. I outs. think I text Fine. Jenny more than anybody. Yeah, we send dog memes. We do. Oh my gosh! All right, so thanks for joining us again. Thanks everybody for uh, coming on, listening, watching. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to like. Don't forget the. Phone number. Right. I was wondering about if you did, were about to say oh, that. I'll never forget the phone I number. Would hope what phone not. number? Yeah. So, well, the phone, not your phone number. Did you just say your phone number? No, I said what phone number? Oh, the phone number. So the questions that were just asked are questions I send out who's on the guest mm. or on the, um, who is our guest on the podcast each week. And the people send out questions. That's why I wanted your bio and I picked a picture for you. Anyways, so every week I send <laughs> that picture? and we want you to ask us questions back. So that way you can be into the podcast with us. And then also you can comment, have questions if you want, ask that, concerns if you want to be a guest on the podcast. But the number is 1-260-400-8383. Good job. My bad. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's the, the first, first time. time first time. One two six zero four zero. I'm just done. Wait, no, is you're it not. You can read it right up there. But I really Text can't. There's like mesh. podcast two two six zero four zero eight eight three eight three. There you go. Got it. Wow, that was the first time. None of the conversation wrong. was real. It was just a confidence monitor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made all this up yesterday. All right, Nate. Thank you yes. again. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. I'm gonna eat this grilled cheese.